The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. What happened was, what had happened was, there was a great battle scene. <laughs> there was a great battle scene. So, Greyback took Remus into the forest. Dun, dun, dun. And then, they all turned into their Animagus form. Dun, dun, dun. And <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying dun, dun, dun. And then... There was a battle dun, dun, dun. where there was bloodshed and horns being stabbed into things and there was sweat and tears and blood, sweat and tears and people got dirty and then suddenly they woke up <laughs> and had no pants. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's the part you remembered. Greyback took Remus into the forest. Uh, the Marauders and Maya realized that in order to make Remus powerful enough to beat Greyback, first they needed to draw blood from Greyback, and then uh, Maya and Sirius needed to submit to Remus to make him an alpha of their pack, quote-unquote, at which point he would then be powerful enough to overcome his sire, a.k.a. Greyback. So, uh, Sirius and Maya both tried to draw blood on Greyback. Neither one of them could. Prongs came through like Baus and literally skewered him on his antlers. So, drawing the first blood, Maya and Sirius did the whole head bow thing. Uh, Lupin grew, Lupin's heart grew three sizes that day. (laughs) Grew big enough to, uh kick Greyback's ass, which really didn't need to happen. Greyback just kind of slunk away because, you know, skewered by antlers. And then um, they all woke up in the Forbidden Forest uh, feeling the pack bond. Uh, Peter was not a part of this because he's a little rat bastard and he volunteered to go tell Dumbledore what was going on. And that's what you missed last week on Fire Whiskey and Friday. Fire Whiskey and Friday. Fire Whiskey and Honey on last week's Fire... Jesus Christ. I need coffee. That's what you missed on last week's Fire Whiskey and Honey on Fire Whiskey Friday. Yes. Exactly. That's what I said. That is correct. (laughs) And next week, Kat reads to it herself and talks to herself because Claire's hamster has died. (laughs) Claire Claire ain't. Kat ain't. Jesus fucking Christ. This is going to be a long episode, guys. I'm sorry cat ain't reading shit next week because next week is our ama with shyalani and hannah beth our editor so if you have questions for me for cat for shia for hb you need to go to our facebook page or our facebook group 
or our Instagram page and submit questions wherever. We will try to compile all of them. We are going to be doing this on Saturday morning. So as of the time this airs, you have less than 24 hours. So hurry your butts up. But we will be posting throughout the week, asking you guys for questions and trying to compile them there. If you have not done so yet, this is your reminder. Congratulations. If you would like to listen to the AMA, please make sure that you are at least a stag level on our patronage. That is $3 a month, and that will get you access to both our sexy, sexy AO3 chapters, bonus chapters that we read, and also the AMAs with Shia and Hannah Bath. So if you'd like to hear those, please make sure you follow us on Patreon. All right, Kat, are you ready for the final episode of season three? Yes. All right, Kat, this is also a major landmark, not just because this is the end of season three of eight, but this is also chapter 50. We've done 50 chapters. Yes. Wild. Absolutely wild. Mind-blowing. Baffling. Bamboozling. The time has turned. (laughs) Oh, how the turntables. God, I fucking... Well, I was going to say time flies, but it's a time turner. Oh, how the time turns. I like that. Chapter 50. Catalyst. June 8th. 1976. Peter had miraculously done what he had set out to do, informed Dumbledore of Greyback's appearance and Higgs' deception. Oh, that was the other thing. I think we talked about that, like, the chapter before, but Higgs is a dirty, dirty bastard and essentially led Greyback straight to Remus. As the three marauders and Maya, now a fully formed pack under Remus as Alpha, made their way through the forest, they had been cut off by a group of Aurors and professors with wands drawn. Before anyone caught sight of them, James, Maya, and Sirius ducked beneath the invisibility cloak and slipped through a small grove of trees, unfortunately leaving Remus to handle the fallout. He had explained to Dumbledore and the Aurors what had happened, leaving his friend's participation out of it, naturally. Greyback stunned him inside the passage beneath the Whomping Willow, but not before Remus heard him discuss his plans with Professor Higgs. It was a lie, of course. Remus had been stunned long before Higgs showed up, and it was Maya, James, and Sirius who had to inform him of their professor's participation in his abduction. Remus said his memory was vague after that. He knew that he had, trans- he knew that he had transformed at the full moon and awoke alone in the forest that morning, though he had seen Greyback's blood on the ground and assumed that they fought sometime during the night, especially since Remus himself was wounded. The Aurors were rude and suspicious, and though they had a right to be, considering Remus was lying, their mistrust of him had everything to do with his lycanthropy and nothing to do with his ability to fabricate stories on a whim. Remus had been escorted to Dumbledore's office where the R's questioned him for two hours, accusing him of being in cahoots with Greyback because of their connection. They had even gone so far as to accuse Remus of participating in the murders that Greyback committed in the nearby villages. Dumbledore drew a line at that point, bringing in Peter to make a statement. Since Professor Higgs' son had mysteriously gone missing two years earlier, the R's had enough to suspect foul play. Remus was finally allowed to head to the hospital wing. 
A lot of good it did him at that point, considering the deep bite wound in his side from Greyback had already healed, thanks to his lycanthropic regenerative... Regenerative... Regenerative abilities. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> if I ever have a child, they're not allowed to listen to this till they're like 30. Yes, I realize I am currently 29. It doesn't matter. Sorry, kiddo. Where was I? Just one more easy scar to deal with. Sirius was proudly wearing a new scar across his... Are you trying to say something? You said one more easy scar. It says nasty. Huh? It says nasty. Where the fuck did I get easy? <laughs> I don't know. It's Miss It's Miss Jackson if you're nasty and it's nasty. Oh, moving <laughs> things. All right. Just one more nasty scar to deal with because Claire apparently is moderately dyslexic. It's fine. Sirius was proudly wearing a new scar across his arm from where Greyback had clawed him. Fortunately, he had been in animagus form at the time, so there was no chance of Sirius getting infected. Of course, he wanted to brag about his grand adventure and trophy scar, but without revealing too many secrets in doing so, Sirius was forced to lie and say that Filch's cat attacked him. Ah, uh, Mrs. Norris. After the long night, Maya nurses, nursed a sprained ankle from when Greyback threw her off of him, and James proudly declared that he was the only one of his friends to walk away from the altercation unscathed. Sirius called James Prongs the Protector the rest of the month, and James' ego continued to swell to record-breaking size. Winning the Quidditch Cup again did not help matters. By the time June rolled around, James was impossible to be near, always retelling stories of his grand adventures to those who were allowed to hear them, and tales of his Quidditch prowess to the rest of the student body. When he was not talking, he was playing with that stupid snitch he had stolen, and subsequently carved Lily's initials into, proving that not only was he an excellent chaser, but he could have been a seeker if he wanted. Now, for those of you who have seen the movies and read the books, there is a scene where James is playing with a snitch, and this is where it comes from. You're welcome. Uh, since Maya was focused on her OWLs, she had little time to try and rein in her outrageously arrogant brother. She breezed right through her examinations, which was a massive difference from the first time round, when she had spent weeks revising and re-reviewing, driving herself to the brink of nervous breakdown. Knowing that she'd already received 11 OWLs in her original timeline gave her confidence boost she needed, and she even requested to sit for OWLs for classes she had not taken. It was out of the ordinary, certainly, but McGonagall pulled a few strings, mostly out of curiosity, and Maya was soon looking forward to breaking her previous record. The last OWL to be taken was Defense Against the Dark Arts. After Professor Higgs was arrested months earlier for his participation in Greyback's attempt at kidnapping Remus, the class had been taken over by Professors Flitwick and McGonagall for the fifth and seventh years only in order to prepare for their OWLs and NEWTs while the rest of the students were dismissed from their end-of-year exams in defense. All fifth years flooded into the Great Hall to take their exam, and Maya laughed when Professor Flitwick purposefully separated the marauders by several seats. 
Sirius, was seated several chairs behind James, with Remus two seats to the right in front of him. Or two seats to the right of him. Fuck, I cannot talk today, guys. Peter got stuck in the back of the room between the Caro twins, who kept whispering to him. Maya sat between Lily and Mary, with Alice and Frank behind them, and, from the looks of the test that was put before them, establishing the A.D. had been an incredibly good idea. Maya finished her exam in record time, smirking as she glanced around the room to see that every other member of the A.D., save for Peter, who was chewing his fingernails and staring down at his paper, anxiously scuffing the floor or the ground with his toes, had also finished quickly. In the corner of the room, she saw Snape's hand flying across the parchment, his black curtain of greasy hair shrouding his face. Five more minutes, Professor Flitwick announced. Maya rolled her eyes at her brother, who was dangerously leaning back in his chair. He yawned loudly and began ruffling his hair, making it look worse than ever. He turned around in his seat to make eye contact with Sirius, who was leaning his chair back on two legs as well, grinning and giving James a thumbs up. Maya chuckled quietly, imagining how the boys would react if she could tip their chairs over from across the room. She frowned at the sight of a nervous Remus, who, though clearly done with his exam, was looking over his answers. She made a quick, psst, sound, and caught his attention. She raised her brow at him, and he smirked at her, shrugging his shoulders and lowering his quill in surrender. As though Remus Lupin wouldn't pass his defense OWL with flying colors. Quills down, please, Professor Flitwick squealed, squeaked. That means you too, Stebbins. Please remain seated while I can collect your parchments. Accio! Rolls of parchment zoomed through the air and into Professor Flitwick's outstretched arms, knocking him backward off of his feet. Several people laughed. Maya and Lily sighed and stood up, rushing to Professor Flitwick's side and helped him to stand. Thank you, Professor Flitwick panted. Very well, everybody, you're free to go. How do you think you did? Mary asked Maya and Lily as they joined up with Alice, heading towards the lake. All four girls linked arms, which caused Maya to laugh and roll her eyes. If I don't get not standing, I'll scream! she admitted, remembering the feeling of only... Oh, oops, that was Maya. <clears throat> if I don't get an outstanding, I'll scream, she admitted, remembering the feeling of only receiving an exceeds expectations the first time she took the test. Me too. I wonder if we were adequately prepared, Lily said, nervously, worrying the buttons of her robes between ink-stained fingers. With Professor Higgs being arrested... You'll have done brilliantly, Lils. Maya looked ahead, watching her brother play with his stupid snitch, while Sirius and Remus laughed, and Peter had his nose buried in his exam questions. I'm going to sit with our boys, she said, and made to leave to follow her pack, and Peter, to the beech tree by the edge of the lake. Oh, no, you don't, Mary insisted, locking her arm tightly with Maya's. We've been nuts because you're a bit of a nutter when it comes to revising, and we didn't want to you to curse our faces, but I have been waiting months and months, and our exams are finally over, so now you're going to tell us what happened with you, Sirius, and Remus, the night of Remus's party. Also, I've been watching Heart of Dixie, so like, I feel like the Southern is sounding a little more Alabama. Also, I really hope I didn't insult anyone from Alabama, because <laughs> I don't know how good the accents are in that show, but anyway. <coughs> 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 
Maya immediately flushed, looking longingly at her boys, all of, uh, who all smirked at her while she was literally pulled away from the comfort of their gossipless conversations. I don't know what you're talking about, Mary. Remus and I dated for a year. You knew that. Did you snog Sirius while you were with Remus? Alice asked innocently. Was that why he was so angry? Remus was angry? How did you know? When Frank and I woke up in the room of requirement, everyone had left, Alice said, as she pulled her scarf from around her neck and transfigured it into a blanket to sit on. We went back to the common room, and Remus was there pacing in front of the fireplace. He looked furious, and when we walked in, he asked if either of us had seen you or Sirius. Maya groaned. Ugh, it's nothing, I assure you. Didn't sound like it to me, Lily muttered under her breath. Got something to say, Evans? Maya said with a raised brow and a slight smirk. Well, when you came back to the dorm, I remembered I'd left my charms essay down in the common room, Lily said, her cheeks turning slightly pink. She bit her lower lip and nervously tucked a strand of hair behind her ear. I overheard Sirius and Remus talking. Maya narrowed her eyes. What did they say? I just heard bits and pieces. Sirius told Remus that he was okay with everything. Then he apologized. Lily rolled her eyes, which was odd in itself because I didn't think Sirius Black capable of such a feat. All of the girls chuckled softly. Maya shook her head and smiled. Sirius can surprise you sometimes. If he's given a proper chance, he can be really good. Impedimenta. All four girls turned and looked as a group of students began gathering in a crowd. Oops. Um, sorry, I tugged on my headphones. Uh, Maya's lips parted and her eyes widened as she saw James glance behind him, a grin on his face as his eyes met Lily's. Oh no, Maya mumbled and stood up quickly. Jamie. What's going on? Lily asked. Lily, stay here. I'll deal with this. Maya said, eager to prevent her friend from witnessing what she knew would be a devastating event. Do you remember this from the movie? No. So, do you remember how Snape taught Harry occlumency and was teaching him to close off his mind? Yes. Remember how serious uh, Harry accidentally dove into Snape's memories and saw some really embarrassing shit? Yeah, he saw his dad being a real butt-faced Snape, yeah. Welcome to that scene. Okay. Um, nothing you do will change what is meant to be. Future Remus's words echoed in her head, but she pushed forward, growling, as the group of students grew larger and larger, cutting off access to the scene at hand. James, with his wand pointed at Snape. Scourgeify. James said coldly. Leave him alone, Lily screamed, pushing her way past Maya. Snape was on the ground, choking on, a so on soap bubbles. Sirius and James both spun, each pretending like they were perfectly innocent of all crimes. Maya closed her eyes, not wanting to watch. All right, Evans? James asked, the tone of his voice suddenly pleasant, deeper, more mature. Leave him alone. Lily repeated, looking at James with every sign of great dislike. What's he done to you? Sirius scoffed loudly and turned around, staring at Snape with absolute disgust. 
Well, James began, pretending to deliberate the point before glancing at Sirius for confirmation. Sirius just shook his head sternly, as if silently telling James to keep his mouth shut as to the real reason for their assault. It's more the fact that he exists, if you know what I mean. Maya stared down at Remus, who was still on the ground, nose stuck in a book that he was clearly not reading. She narrowed her eyes and knelt in front of him. Hello? She snapped her fingers in front of his face. Prefect? Remus buried his face further with an exhausted sigh, and Maya shook her head in frustration. Ever since he had nearly killed Snape months earlier, Remus had done everything he could to avoid the Slytherin, which left Sirius and James without anyone keeping them in check. I'm staying out of it, Maya, Remus muttered, shifting uncomfortably. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing, Maya quoted with a frown. Looking incredibly guilty, Remus confessed, Maya, Snape's been after them to those the two of them. Maya, Snape's been after the two of them for weeks. I tried the first few times, but I can't control James or Sirius, let alone a Slytherin that keeps making snide remarks about my condition or talking about how you. He stopped mid sentence and cringed, dropping his gaze and refusing to meet her eyes again. How I what? Snape said something about me? No, but the Caros did. Electo called you a... whore, Remus admitted with a low growl. Snape laughed. James heard him. That's why James and Sirius were in detention all last week. They were caught hexing the Caros outside the pitch. This is them getting back at Snape. You four are toddlers. I'll take care of this myself. She moved to stand up, and there was a sudden commotion. She heard Sirius yell and saw two flashes of bright light. People began shouting, and Remus was suddenly up and at her side, pushing through the crowd to see what happened. Maya watched as her brother held Snape midair, using the boy's own curse against him. She winced at the thought that it was her wand that had taught James and Sirius that spell to begin with. She momentarily felt guilty over the treatment of her future potions professor until she saw a cut across James's face, blood leaking down his cheek and staining his robes. That sniveling son of a... She stormed forward, rage fueling her. She hated that James and Sirius were bullies, hated that part of herself had treated Snape similarly, but Snape gave as good as he got, and more often than not, he was the one that starting the scuffles over any perceived insult. It didn't help that knowing James's ultimate fate caused her to be overly protective of her brother. Plus, he was a mirror image of Harry, and protecting Harry had become second nature to her over the years. Maya reached for her wand and glared ahead as she moved, but she suddenly felt two large arms around her, pulling her back into the crowd. Let him down! Willie screamed. Certainly, certainly, James said, and he jerked his wand upward. Snape fell into a crumbled heap on the ground. Disentangling himself from his robes, he got quickly to his feet, but Sirius shouted, Petrificus Totalis, and Snape keeled over again, rigid as a board. Leave him alone, Lily shouted. She had her own wand out now, and James and Sirius eyed it warily. Ah, Evans, don't make me hex you, James said earnestly, though everyone knew he would never raise his wand against Lily. 
He had a multitude of hex scars from her to prove it. Let me go, Remus, Maya snarled as she struggled against his long arms. I'm not letting you run into this with James and Lily pointing wands at each other, Remus argued firmly. Take the curse off of him then, Lily shouted. James sighed deeply, turned to Snape, and muttered the counter curse. There you go, he said as Snape struggled to his feet. Your lucky Evans was here, snivelous. I don't need help from a filthy little mudbloods like her. The crowd fell into utter silence. Maya's face paled. Lily, she whispered, watching closely as her friend stared into Snape's cold face. Maya, no, Hermione, had been called mudblood more times than she could count, but as she watched Lily and Snape stare at one another, she wondered how much it would have hurt if it had been Harry or Ron who called her that horrid name instead of Draco. If Remus or Sirius had used it against her, Maya knew it would shatter her heart in ways that could not possibly be put back together. An ultimate betrayal said in a flash of regrettable anger. Apologize to Evans, James roared at Snape, wand pointed threateningly at him, eyes blazing. I don't want you to make him apologize, Lily shouted, rounding on James. You're as bad as he is. What? James yelped. I'd never call you a you-know-what. Mary, grab Lily and get her out of here, Maya demanded. Mary nodded, a scathing look on her face as her eyes narrowed at Snape. It was one thing to hex each other in the hallways. It was one thing to call names, make fun of houses, and cause problems on the Quidditch pitch. But there was one line that no one ever crossed. No one ever called Lily Evans a mudblood in front of other Gryffindors. Messing up your hair just because you think it looks cool to look like you've just got off your broomstick, showing up with that stupid snitch, Lily stormed closer to James. For a moment, he actually looked a little terrified. Walking down corridors and hexing anyone who annoys you just because you can? I'm surprised your broomstick can get off the ground with that fat head on it. You make me sick! Come on, Lails. Mary took Lily's hand, leading her away from the crowd. Maya watched closely as her friends walked away and could tell Lily was holding back tears. She turned on the boys, her glare directed at all of them, Snape included. What is with her? James asked, trying and failing to look as though this was a throwaway question of no real importance to him. But Maya could see that he was hurt and felt guilty, though, if she guessed, he was not sure what he felt guilty about. Reading between the lines, I'd say she thinks you're a bit conceited, mate, Sirius said. There was another flash of light, and Snape was once again hanging upside down in the air. Uh, oh, sorry, I had to figure out who said that. Libera corpus. Snape fell back to the ground. James and Sirius spun on their heels and looked immediately past Maya at Remus, who shrugged his shoulders in defeat. How could you? Maya demanded of James, shaking her head in disappointment. Did you hear what he called Evans? James snapped at her. You are a Gryffindor, she smacked him in the back of the head. Act like it. 
No one asked you, Snape began, glaring daggers at Maya. She turned on him immediately, actually feeling it when her eyes flashed amber with anger as she pointed her wand at him. You, you threatened my friends, called Lily a mudblood, and you made my brother bleed. Go back to the castle, Snape, before I decide to pay you back in kind. I look forward to the day when you try, Potter. He sneered at her as he stood, turning and making his way toward a group of Slytherins who had stood by to watch the whole ordeal with amused expressions on their faces. Maya could just imagine how pleased they were to see Snape lose his muggle-born friend so publicly. How you feeling? I'm a little bit annoyed. Well... I don't know how to, like, if I'm seeing this right, but, like, are James and them just being mean to Snape for no reason because they're boys and they're, like, bullying him? Or is Snape being mean to them because he's angry that James is, like, because he's not actually with Lily right now, but he knows that he likes her. So because we know that Snape loves Lily, is he just like all mad about how James likes Lily, even though they're not actually together? Or is Snape just a grumpy butt and is mean to them for no reason and therefore they bully him for that for whatever reason? Like, it just seems really like ridiculous and there's no like reason why they're doing this. So for Snape, it's he's in Slytherin, which is inherently racist against mudbloods, or sorry, Muggleborns. So he's already, I think, been teased relentlessly by his friends and the people who are supposed to support him the most because his best friend isn't Muggleborn, which is sort of taboo. Think of you know essentially living in a KKK frat house, but your best friend is you know a black girl. They'd probably make fun of you relentlessly and give you a hard time and beat you up about it, right? So Yeah, but that still doesn't give them, like, any reason to, like... It, th- th- it there's more layers. There's more layers. This is like an ogre or an onion. There's layers. Um, also, I'd like to make it clear that I am aware that not all Slytherins are racist, that kind of thing. There are lots of very good Slytherins. Obviously, we've got Doria. We've got Shyalani. There's lots of good Slytherins, but... The current hierarchy in the 1970s is fairly racist. So, um, that being said, the other issue at hand is that if you remember at the very beginning in Diagon Alley, before they even went to Hogwarts, Snape pushed Maya over and she fell and she cut her knees. And that's how she met Sirius and that's how James met Sirius. And then both of them hated Snape because they pushed down Maya. So that was like the beginning of it. And then most recently, if you remember earlier in this chapter, um, when she went to talk to Remus and she was like, yo, why the fuck aren't you saying anything? He was like, one, I've tried for the last couple of weeks. I can't control them anymore. And number two, one of the Caro twins called you a whore and Snape laughed about it. So James isn't going to let that fly. He's going to beat the crap out of Snape at some point to get him back for... um, laughing at you being called a whore. So this is just James and Sirius sort of defending Maya's honor. 
calls them names. He is an asshole. They're not. Yeah, but they're also being like, just like I get that, but they're also it. like he being back. mean to Snape and psychologically like ruining him for life. And like that's one of the things that. He was as much a bully as they were. Well, because you have to think he's hanging out with the baby Death Eaters. And he's calling people mudblood. And he's, you know, saying that we shouldn't interact with Muggleborns. And that was part of why yeah. um, uh, Maya punched him that one time. Like, he is an asshole. He is also a bad guy. Like, there are no right people in this situation. They're all Yeah, men. but like you said, he already has been, like teased and all of that crap so he's probably not actually really like that he's just acting out because of his environment and it's just his pain like coming out and that's not really like fair and that's also why I always kind of didn't like when because like obviously I didn't read the book so there's probably way more detail in there but like from the movies like Snape would always be like to Harry you don't know what your father was like and he was always like my father was blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, but yeah, my dad didn't strut about the castle and all this stuff. But it's like when he saw that memory of his dad torturing Snape, it's like his opinion didn't even change. It's like, yeah, your dad was a little punk as a kid. And obviously he wasn't like that his whole life. But it's like, it's I don't know. That just always bugged me for some reason. I can't explain it. No, I get that. In the books, they do a better job of showing how Harry was affected by that because he was like, what the fuck? My dad was an asshole. And Sirius sort of sits him down and he was like, yeah, we were really mean to Snape. Snape was really mean to us. We just, you know, mortal enemies from the time we were 11. It's, you know, just a thing. Like, were we mean, mean to him? Yes. Was he mean to us back and gave back as good as he got? Also, Yes. So there's really, like, no good guy in that situation. It's just a cycle of hate. Yeah. And that, I hate that so much. I agree. I agree. But it's very easy to see when you were not part of that cycle. Yeah. uh, It kind of reminds me of my two uncles. Like, they're babies. It's like, it was years ago. Get the crap over it. Talk about it. Like, Jesus. They still, they're still not talking. Like, it, it's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. I, I I've, they have offered, people have offered to tell me what happened, but I don't want to know because I don't want to see anybody in a bad light. But I said to one of them once, if he died tomorrow, don't you think you would be like, Huh, I was a petty little butt nugget. Maybe I should have made up with him. Like, y'all are stupid. Yeah, but, it I mean, having siblings is hard. But, uh... Anyway, yeah, but like, whether it's your sibling or your friend, like, I just think it's, like, ridiculous to hold on to all of that, like, disgusting crap without at least coming to some kind of whatever... And may we all strive to be as beautifully karmically balanced as you. And as for me, yeah, I can well, still that's why I'm the weirdo. Hate in my heart, but anyway. Yeah, well, that's why I'm weird because that's how I feel. I get it. All right, so uh, last we saw, um, 
Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, so Lily left. Maya yells at her brother. Snape's all, you don't have to defend me or whatever. And she's like, I didn't ask you a goddamn thing. And basically said that, you know, you called Lily mudblood and you made my brother bleed. I'll do the same to you if you're not careful. Whatever. Um, and then Maya could just imagine how pleased they, the Slytherins, were to see Snape lose his muggle-born friend so publicly. I am officially done. Maya put her wand back in her robes, shaking her head in disappointment. I would have thought what happened back in March would have given the four of you some perspective, but clearly I was wrong. Oh, come on, Maya. Just because I don't want the greasy git dead doesn't mean that I'm going to jump at the chance to be his best mate, James said. I took it easy on him. After what he said about Remus, you would have hexed him too. Never mind what he was laughing after. The Caro's calling me a whore, Maya guessed. Both James and Sirius turned and glared at Remus, knowing immediately that he was the one who told her what happened. No one talks about my sister that way, James snapped. I'm not yours to protect, Maya yelled. Then, all at once, James, Sirius, and Remus began arguing vehemently with her. Clearly, she had said the wrong thing, and it struck a nerve. Grow up, Jamie, Maya cried. You're holding on to a grudge you've had since you were a light cat in the background going, uh-huh, yeah, duh. <laughs> Gee, uh, see? That's why I like her. Voice of reason. Ugh. It's kind of like that meme I posted today. Do you play any other dangerous sports? Yes, sometimes I disagree with Hermione. Like, <laughs> that that's a... Jesus. You're holding on to a grudge you've had since you were 11 because some stupid boy pushed your sister down. You're my brother and I love you. But Lily's right. You're so full of yourself sometimes. Yeah, and it's kind of the same thing with Draco. He can't help it. He was taught to be a butt face by his dad and his mom did absolutely nothing about it. So, you know what? Like, sometimes the kid is just a product of their environment and they can't fix it until they get over it because no one ever taught them any better. Can I get an amen? I mean, sometimes they don't fix it and they become serial killers, but, like... Yeah, well, well, that's, that's like, born psychopathy, though. <sighs> anyway. The dead of time. Maya, James, or, sorry, Remus reached for her, but she pulled away from him. You're supposed to be the voice of reason. You're supposed to understand why they shouldn't bully others. She pointed at James and Sirius. You are supposed to be the smart one. Rise hey. above. <laughs> what did Michelle Obama say? When they go low, we go high. Come on. Let's do this. I'm uh, uh, keeping my comments. See, my it's kind of just like how it... Never, never mind. Forget it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't okay. think it works. <laughs> Hey, Sirius said, offended. At the sound of his voice, Maya turned on him. Who started this today, Sirius? She asked him, point blank. James and Remus looked away, but Sirius held her stare. You're supposed to be a better man than this. I am a better man. Muggle, better please! Than Sirius yelled, pointing after Snape. 
If you want to know what, it's, what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals, Maya said sadly, and turned away from James and Sirius, tears in her eyes. Remus followed her immediately. Who said that? A good man I once knew, Maya whispered. The image of an older Sirius burned into her mind as she walked away from them all. That really is, like, one of the great serious lines, though, because it is so fucking true. And also mildly ironic, because he treated Creature like crap. But, ow, oh god, I keep kicking my desk. It's, like, wider than I'm used to, but not quite wide enough. Anyway, that's what Yeah, and, um, like, ugh, jeez. Like, that just, ugh. I love the taste of hypocrisy in the morning. <sighs> yeah, don't even get me started. Good morning. Vietnam. Whiskey Friday. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to say like Hogsmeade. Oh, Hogsmeade. No, Vietnam. Hogsmeade. Hogwarts. Fire whiskey and honey. There's nothing with three syllables. Is it Vietnam or Vietnam? It depends on who you talk to. Okay. (laughs) Good movie, though. Never actually seen it. Really? Yeah. Although your question about, you know, pronunciation really isn't well marketed to an American audience because, um, whereas it is called Versailles in France, if you go to Indiana, the name of the town is Versailles. (laughs) <laughs> or in France, it is Papillon. Unless you go to Nebraska, where it's Papillion. Uh, Americans ruin everything, and we're not sorry about it. It's like when Anne Hathaway answers the phone, can you spell Gabbana? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that hurt my soul. Yeah, right. Anyway. June 16th, 1976. Frank Longbottom should have counted himself a lucky man. After the now infamous story of what happened by the Black Lake spread like... I feel like I said something wrong in there because it flowed weird out of my mouth. Anyway, after the now infamous story of what happened by the Black Lake... Of what happened... After the now infamous... What happened spread like... Okay, it does make sense. I just... My goblin brain is not appreciating this sentence. After the now infamous story of what happened by the Black Lake spread like fanfire through the school, Frank was the only boy in Gryffindor Tower to whom any of the girls would speak. Unfortunately, that meant that when the Marauders failed to get either Maya or Lily's attention to beg their forgiveness for their immature idiocy, Frank was sent as a messenger to parlay between the genders. Naturally, it did not work, and when Frank tried for the fourth time to relay a message from Sirius, it took Alice begging Maya not to hex her boyfriend for him to walk away unscathed. Don't kill the messenger, and all that rot. The moment she left the the boys down by the lake, Maya had returned to the castle and made her way to the room of requirement, requesting it to turn into a familiar room for her. She spoke to Hogwarts in great detail as the room conformed around her. Walls changing color and texture, the floor shifting from hardwood to marble, and expensive furniture popping up out of nowhere. Hanging from the ceiling was a large chandelier, the final touch on what looked nearly identical to Malfoy Manor. 
She created the place she hated more than any other place in the world because she desperately needed something to destroy. For the better part of three hours, Maya hexed, smashed, destroyed, and set fire to everything within reach. She blamed the Death Eaters and Voldemort more than she blamed the Marauders for what had happened. While James and Sirius were acting like arrogant children, she knew that Snape had been dabbling in dark arts. And even if he had never caused a problem before, that was the line that James drew with everything and everyone. Maya knew James would grow to be a good man, to join the Order of the Phoenix and fight against the dark arts. In a way, she imagined he thought he was doing that now. In an incredibly stupid and immature way that she did not approve of, she supposed he was. She wanted to be furious at Sirius, though, who should have known better. But, try as she might, she couldn't fuel her rage toward him. She had known Sirius for years. She had seen him, older, sitting around a table at Grimmauld Place, throwing bitter insults back and forth with Professor Snape, who was always, always provoking him. It was a constant and deeply rooted grudge. She could not change anything. When she even tried, it did nothing but stoke the fires of an already resilient rivalry. Every decision she made either triggered a chain of events she was trying to prevent or added fuel to the open flame of the future that she could see unfolding right before her eyes. Her very existence in Diagon Alley five years ago triggered the blad... the blad blood. The blad blood. The bad blood between Severus Snape and James Potter. The same event that brought Sirius Black into their lives. Her love for Remus and her mistaken sympathy for a bullied Peter Pettigrew had formed the Marauders. Her need to defend her, fr defend her friends had her at war with the young Severus Snape, and her use of his curse in front of him had put a bullseye on her back. She was the reason the Marauders fought him now, the reason that Severus lost control and cut ties with Lily, the only thing potentially keeping him from fully being recruited by Death Eaters. Now, he would be. Snape would join Voldemort, overhear a prophecy, and unknowingly bring about the deaths of James and Lily and Maya had been the catalyst for it all. When she returned to the common room, covered in sweat, tears, and blood, the boys jumped to attention. Maya, what happened? James bellowed. Are you okay? Who did this? I did, she muttered. I'm going to my room. No, Maya, what happened? Sirius stared wide-eyed at the cuts on her hands from where she had decided to destroy the chandelier. Learn occlumency, she replied. All of you. She said nothing more to them as she made her way up the staircase to the girls' dorm, where she found Lily crying. Her heart broke for her friend, who had tried to be so strong in the face of others, but she knew Lily had her own vulnerabilities. Maya used a few non-verbal charms to clean herself up, which she admitted she should have done before even coming back into the tower, then sat on Lily's bed and pulled her friend into a tight hug. The girl stayed like that for an hour, Lily crying for the loss of her childhood friend, and Maya quietly regretting the beginning of a war she could not prevent. Lily, Mary called from the door. I'm sorry, Lils, but Snape's outside the portrait. The fat lady's throwing a fit because he won't leave until he talks to you. He says he's going to sleep outside the entrance if you don't come out. Tell him to sod off, Maya growled. Lily sighed. No. It's fine. I'll get rid of him. Lily, I'm so sorry about everything. Nothing you could have done about it, Maya, 
Lily offered with a shrug, and a sad smile as she and Mary walked out, closing the door behind them. Maya nodded quietly to herself. I know. June 26th, 1976. Maya spent the rest of the month with her girlfriends, which was completely out of character for her, in both timelines, but the boys did not give her much of a choice. Sixteen. They were all sixteen now, and she wondered if, over the summer, Severus Snape would become a Death Eater. She sat with Lily, Alice, and Mary on the train the whole way home. When she stepped foot on the platform nine and three quarters, a sudden feeling of dread filled her at the sight of Orion and Walburga Black staring coldly up at the Hogwarts Express. In all the years she had known Sirius in this time, his parents never waited for him. He would always go straight to Potter Manor and flew back to Grimmauld Place when needed. They only came for Regulus a handful of times, usually sending a house elf in their stead. Sirius, she said, speaking to him for the first time in weeks. Sirius, your parents are here. What? He raised a brow, then swallowed hard at the sight. Sirius, don't go, Maya pleaded. Come home with us. He leant forward and kissed her cheek. It'll be okay, kitten. I'll see you in prongs in a few days, he promised with a tender smile, and his gray eyes twinkled in the reflecting light as the sun blazed through the open windows of the station. She nodded to him, letting out a shaky breath as she watched him approach his scowling family. Speaking to us now, James asked as he and Remus followed Sirius and Maya off the train. Maya turned around to, tug her, to hug her brother tightly. You know you're better than a bully, she whispered in his ear. She looked over at James's shoulder and saw that Remus had heard her, and his soft green eyes lowered to the ground in shame. She sighed and released James, who looked to be trying to hide the fact that he was internally struggling with what she said to him. Come to the manor soon, Maya said to Remus, before kissing his cheek and wrapping her arms around his waist. Remus nodded silently and hugged her back. She felt it lingering in the air. She thought they could feel it too. Change. Oh my god, I forgot how good I end this. I forgot how good this cliffhanger is. Get excited. You excited? So excited. Also, this is a really long chapter and I did not realize, but anyway. hey oh, This is fine. We're doing good on time, so. Um, July 3rd, 1976. It had been over a week, and Sirius had made no contact. James tried owling and fire calling, while Maya even tried using the charmed galleon to get his attention. But so far, nothing had worked to get word back from their friend. Charles and Doria must have picked up on their children's anxiety because they offered to reach out to a few contacts to see if they could find out anything. Charles had been reserved about it at first, but the moment Maya mentioned that Walburga had gone to pick up her son at King's Cross, Doria looked as if she knew something was amiss. After contacting several old friends at the ministry and in social circles, she reported back that no one had seen any member of the Black family that week. Try and get some sleep, my loves. Doria said as she kissed each of her children. We shouldn't be gone very long. She gave one last look in a mirror to check her reflection. 
It was a rare occasion for the Potters to leave their home when James and Maya were back from school, but they had made plans with several friends for a late dinner party. The vague story reeked of order business, and Maya was certain that if she were able to get back to Hogwarts, she would notice both Dumbledore and McGonagall would be absent from the castle. Be careful, James said, frowning. It had only been the night before that an apothecary of a popular muggle-born had been attacked. Three well-known, quote-unquote, blood traitors had been killed or wounded in the onslaught, and no one had been arrested thus far. James was predictably nervous about his parents leaving the protection of the manor's wards. Don't leave the manor, Charles instructed to his son, before he and Daria stepped into the flue, vanishing in a whirl of green flames. Several hours later, Maya slowly stood from her chair in the circular drawing room, book in hand. She had tried to stay awake, waiting for her parents to see if she could somehow weasel a little information out of them about their dinner party. When she began falling asleep in the big armchair, she gave up and decided to head to bed as James had done an hour earlier. She put her book away on a nearby shelf and paced towards the stairs. She was not three stairs, three steps up before the walls around her reflected a flash of bright blue light. Maya turned quickly, drawing her wand on instinct as she slowly made her way back into the drawing room, a stunning spell at the ready. The room was still dark as she had extinguished the lamp before going to bed so she prepared herself for an attack before whispering, Lumos! No one attacked. Her focus was drawn to an unmoving shadow on the floor, and her animagus senses kicked in when she smelled blood. A lot of blood. Her heart stilled for a moment when she realized what the blue light had been. An emergency port key. The emergency port key, keyed to Potter Manor, that she had given to... Sirius! Wow. Boom! Mic drop. He just port keyed into her house bleeding, and also now it's the end of the season, so we will see you all in two weeks. Ha <laughs> ha! Rude! <laughs> I guess it's technically three weeks because we're taking a two week break so that we can start stacking episodes again, which we're fucking terrible at, but. Hey, that's not my fault. No, it's not your fault. It is my fault because my work schedule sucks ass. But. Hi. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. How's that for a cliffhanger? Yeah. Why is he bleeding? <laughs> Why was he silent oh. for a week? Why was his family out of the public eye? Who is Grindelwald and what crimes did he commit? I don't know. I have to wait for the next movie. I. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes. Goodness. So. So. That is the end of season three, everyone. We just want to thank everybody who has continued to listen to us as we have very, very slowly improved. I would very much like to think that our podcast now, slightly over a year old, is significantly better than it was when it started, due in part to us growing as podcasters and also the incredible work of our wonderful, wonderful editor who puts up with all of our shit. Um... Here's another reminder to go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, what have you, and shoot us a message, drop us a comment, whatever, and ask questions for our AMA with Shia. 
And uh, now, Kat, it is time to thank yep, the people. Yep, thank the peoples for giving us their hard-earned galleons and muggle plastic. All right, Kat, so it is time to thank our dogs, our stags, and our owls. Sorry, I just really felt like doing that because I'm wearing my wolf shirt. Remus is lupin. Anyway. Yay, Remus is lupin. Also, don't pay attention to the fact that I'm not wearing a bra because, you know, COVID. Anyway. <laughs> and I'm not wearing a bra either. Oh, thank God. Yeah, okay, this has been Oversharing with Fire Whiskey and Honey. Welcome to our show. <laughs> Speaking of boobs, I won the poll. I won the poll. I won the poll. Yes, holding boobs is normal. Okay, fine. 87 of you love me. (laughs) Five of you love me. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway. We would like to thank our foxes. Our, no, not our foxes. We are going to thank our foxes, but not right now. We are going to thank our dogs, our stags, and our wolves. So, without further ado, we'd like to thank all... 20 of you. Holy monkeys. 20 newbies. We love you. We would like to thank Rebecca Heron, Becky Key, Mickey Conway, Catherine Constantini, Tenor. Oh, that was so much fun to say. Neil Davis, Alexa Bachelder. I really hope I said that right. Teeny. <laughs> that was fun to say too. Crystal Harris, Shanna Smith, Leah, Hannah Pelmas. Oh God, my page jumped. <laughs> Sky, Tamson, Dorota Zemanska. I really hope I said that right. You're from Ireland. I love you and you're my favorite. Congratulations. Amanda Grace, Shelby Essery, Max Boblet, Sarah Crabtree, and Kirsten. And yes, that is Kirsten, not Kristen or Kristin. Kirsten. The I comes before the R. It's a big thing. And if you meet somebody who is a Kirsten and not a Kristen, they get real mad about being called Kristen. It's a thing. So I respect you and I I said your name correctly. So just know that I love you, our sweet, sweet little dog. Anyway, thank you to all of our new dogs, stags, and wolves. Say thank you, cat. (laughs) Say thank you, cat. (laughs) Thank you guys for supporting, listening, and loving. And we appreciate your patience and waiting one whole week to hear your names, but we wanted to make sure we got everybody in here, and some of you did come in a little late, and that is completely fine. We are glad to have you. And now we'd like to thank our Fox producer-level Patreons. We would like to thank Rebecca, Adie, Becca, Leanna, Jackie, Carissa, Sandra, Cassie, Amber, Chelsea, Olivia, Ryland, Ryder, Rachel, Heather, Nevi, Jade, Ashley, Melanie, Claire, Hermione, Snape, Chelsea, Emma, Audrey, Amara, Shannon, Roshan, Hannah, Jillian, Claire, Miranda, Paige, Martina, Sarah, Dan, Amanda, Caitlin, Samantha, Danielle, Rin, Tyler, Laura, and Kelly. And one last huge, ginormous thank you to all of our brand new patrons who just joined us for October. You guys are unfreaking believable. We love you all. Thank you so, so much for helping make this a super successful podcast. Not, okay, we're not Joe Rogan super successful, but we are 
in the top 50% of podcasts. Actually, I think technically based on our download numbers, we're in the top like 20%. And as of last week, we broke into the top 150 of American drama podcasts. We were number 148, which is still fairly low. But in the top 150, usually we don't even break the top 200. So very exciting. Small, small moves, but we are slowly crawling, climbing, clawing our way to the top. And hopefully by the time this podcast ends two years from now, we will have clawed our way up into the double digits, which would be very exciting. Uh, for those of you spreading the word about us on Fangasm fan sites and Potterless fan sites and other fanfiction fan sites, we really appreciate it. We've had a huge onslaught of new listeners and passing us along by word of mouth is the best way to do it. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ditto that. Thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> And we will see you not next Fire Whiskey Friday, but next, next, next. <laughs> we will see you sometime on Friday. <laughs> For the series premiere of season four. Whoa! Which will happen, get this guys, the day before Halloween. Yes, and get excited because when Claire comes home for Thanksgiving, we'll be in the same room and we record an episode together. Dun dun dun. That being said, if I'm not mistaken, that episode... For those of you who have read The Dead of Time before, the name of that chapter is Maidenhead. You're welcome. That sounds dirty. You have no idea. Oh boy. Anyway, that is actually not one that we have to record twice for AO3. Um, thank God. But we do have... For those of you who are not yet patrons, for next season, we have one, two, three, four, five... Five, six extra chapters that are dark tarry. And oh, by the way, one of them is a Christmas present. One of them is a New Year's present. You're fucking welcome. Cool. But, actually, no, I lied. I That was when we had the old schedule of only one week breaks. They would have been Christmas and New Year's. Actually, so you get three of them in the month of December. One week, one right after the other. So if you, if there ever was a time for you to be a patron, I would recommend December. But we also know that money gets a little tight around then, so also we understand. But I'm just rambling at this point now, and it's becoming incessant. And Hannah Beth is probably going to have to cut half of this, and Cat's shaking her head. So we will see you at the season premiere of what season, Cat? Four. Season four. four. And we will see you on Halloween. Get spooky, bitches. <laughs> Basic witches. Basic witches. Go enjoy your pumpkin spice and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yeah. Stay magical. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, 
fwhpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.